Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So we've got an idea now of the financial shape of the province and the direction we're starting to move in. And it was made, I think, very clear today that everyone will be paying and playing some part in paying for past mistakes. I mean, how else do you get your financial house in order if sacrifices aren't made? Don't want to do it, but it is the reality. I'd rather get our books in check than keep my head in the clouds. So, you know, without getting too far into the weeds... We are going to be getting more access to booze, which makes me very happy that I'm going to be treated like an adult for once in my life. Uh, tax cuts for low-income murder. So if you make 30 grand or less, you will no longer pay income taxes at the provincial level. There were some minor cuts to government oversight uh, that was redundant. But I think the big headline uh, is that, and what seems to get most of the reaction is about things like rent control being lifted on new development, something that the opposition raised hell about. In this statement, Doug Ford and his government actually tell Ontarians that they have to, quote, tighten their belts. Well, Mr. Ford, Ontarians already have their belts tightened. Not really. We've had pretty loose belts for a long time, and the pants got really fat. And so now we're trying to put on some skinny jeans. Okay? That's what we have to do. So in all, $3.2 billion in spending has been cut. We don't find out about balancing the books, which I'll ask about. And the projected deficit is revised by is revised now to $14.5 billion. It would have been lower, but we cut the cap and trade. Let's bring in the man of the hour, Finance Minister Vic Fidelli joins us. Hello there. Hi, Alex. How are you tonight? I'm not as busy as you have been uh, doing all the numbers, but um, let's talk a little bit about, well, let's start with that. Why is the deficit not lower, and do you regret now cutting the cap-and-trade? Oh, gosh, no. Cap-and-trade was a job-killing tax on the people of Ontario. Um, Let's go back to what we've done in the few short weeks we've been in power. We have uh, found $3.2 billion in savings. And what's that? And, what's that from? Well, there's a, a variety of uh, uh, places it came from. First of all, it came from uh, the the uh, freeze on hiring in the public service. It came on the efficiencies in the building in terms of uh, travel and uh, uh, other costs. That's a that, that's a huge chunk of it. Uh, the savings uh, from cap and trade as well are another part of it. Uh, but we found $3.2 billion in efficiencies, turned around and gave $2.7 billion back to the people. Right. Okay. No word, though, on balancing books. When is this deficit, which is now $500 yeah. million lower, when are we going to be seeing the books uh, get to a less offensive place? Well, we think it's uh, one of the most important areas, but I, I call it the, the Goldilocks touch. It can't be too quick or no one will believe it. It can't be too slow because anybody can do that. It needs to be just right. So we're looking for a reasonable 
pragmatic approach to balancing the budget Mm -hmm. because we want to have the money there to pay for health and education in the future. So it is a priority, but we know that uh, families needed relief. They needed relief now, and that's why we uh, returned $2.7 billion of the savings back to families and booked um, booked, uh, half a billion dollars uh, in uh, 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 off of the uh, deficit. Let's talk about lifting of rent control because this seems to be a real hot button issue. Um, new units moving forward. So after tomorrow, any new development of any kind of uh, unit that goes up will not be covered by rent control. But yep. older will older residences yep. as of today will be in fact um, protected. Was this to please the developers and get building done, or you know, is this how does this protect? You know, those who are trying to rent, especially in places like, you know, Toronto's so expensive, but you've got cities like yeah. ha- Hamilton has gotten so, so expensive as far yeah. as rents. So first of all, let's be very clear. This preserves rent control for existing tenants. Anybody who is an existing tenant today, uh, their rent control continues. But we know that the demand for housing, it keeps uh, rising. In fact, it's risen rapidly in recent years, uh, strong population growth, low interest rates, all of the all of the things. But our supply of housing has not kept pace, and that makes higher prices uh, and higher rents. So uh, in order to address this, we're looking at um, expanding the supply of uh, homes and rental properties. So that's that's why rent control uh, um, is a big part of uh, uh, removing that. I get it. That, encourage, yeah. yeah, it's meant to encourage developers. Right? And I get that. More uh, rental. I don't expect these people to do their job for free. I don't. I like yeah. that. To me, it's like, yes, they have to make money. There's no reason to be a developer if you're not in it for making money. At the same time, though, if they're going to build more housing, uh, Mr. Fidelli, how do you make yeah. sure that it's affordable? Well, uh, we're uh, encouraging them, obviously, to build more rental housing, and we do that by exempting their new rental units from rent control. There's no incentive for them to, to build today, knowing that there's rent control in place, but taking that away, now they've got an encouragement. It, quite frankly, is the number one thing a government can do to bring in a new supply. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see it uh, done. Will there be the land to do it? Are there going to be changes to to where you can build? I mean, any of the green belts uh, lifted up? Well, what we're going to be doing is uh, the Minister of um, Municipal Affairs and Housing is going to be... <laughs> yeah, thank you. you got that right. <laughs> yes, this time I did. Uh, he's going to be uh, launching a housing supply action plan. And that's where he develops the strategy to increase our supply as quickly and responsibly as we can. We want good quality places to live, and we know we need to know they're going to be available for hardworking people of Ontario. Low-income uh, earners, so anyone making under thirty thousand. I mean, you have, uh, and I think fairly done two businesses. You know, said we're not going to do that yeah. extra dollar for minimum wage. But interestingly, you've yeah. said we will give those making under thirty thousand uh, dollars a break on income tax. How is that being received? Yeah, look, this is uh, really being received very, very well. This is our signature plan. It's we call it Lift or low-income individuals and families tax credit. And uh, if passed, uh, because this is part of the bill, it will benefit 1.1 million people across the province. Um, And so basically what it does, it provides low-income and minimum wage uh, workers $850 in personal income tax. So basically, uh, in in fact, you would now pay zero uh, uh, personal income tax.
anybody earning uh, around $30,000. And is this the only uh, move that you will be making for affordability? I mean, the income, um, uh, the basic income pilot project, that that created quite a a storm when that was canceled, even though the costs of carrying it out would have been impossible for the province. Is this the only thing that low-income people will expect? Well, no, there's a a variety. Taking cap and trade away means the price of everything goes down. I mean, in Ajax uh, yesterday, they were talking about 99 cent gas and a dollar gas in Stratford. Today, uh, we took 4.3 cents off the price of gasoline when we eliminated cap and trade. Uh, Every family gets uh, $260, 80 bucks off your natural gas bill. I I got my natural gas bill where I live in North Bay, and there's a a nice big square on it that says your bill is lowered today because of the cap and trade has been removed, and that was put on by my gas utility. Um, You know, this is uh, these are all parts of bringing relief to families. $2.7 billion in relief uh, was was released uh, today. And uh, as far as, you know, looking at uh, some of the smaller things, the vote subsidy that parties get, you got yeah. rid of that. Why? Because yeah. a lot of people will say, OK, that's just sour grapes. That's partisan getting back at your enemies. And if you don't, if, if folks don't uh, know what I'm talking about, every yeah. time a vote is cast for a party, they get money out of that. So it's it can add up to millions of dollars yeah. for a party. And, and you're getting rid of that. Yeah, of course we are. It's $15 million. It's outrageous that the taxpayers pay subsidies for political parties. I mean, so what we're going to do is align our rules more closely with the federal with the federal government's rules. Um, so uh, that means that still no corporations can donate, still no unions can donate, but uh, 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 you can now uh, attend your own fundraisers again, which was uh, put in by the liberals because they got caught in a, in a cash for access scandal. But it just is outrageous. If you could imagine, liberals put this in, the taxpayer paying subsidies for political parties. Yeah. 15 million bucks. And yeah. we promised to take it out in the election. Yeah, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to yeah. convince me. I'm not a big fan of it yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the elephant in the room that I know you've had a lot of questions on today, yeah. but I, I have to ask because yeah, of course. you're on the show. Um, the allegations that come out in Patrick yeah. Brown's uh, book, um, the NDP, of course, calling for an investigation investigation in your resignation, you say what? Well, uh, the Premier answered that part of it in the legislature today, but I can say that throughout my career, I've always held myself to the highest standard with interactions with anybody. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, uh, there's no validity to any of Patrick Brown's accusations, and they're false and they're malicious. And so do you expect an apology from him? Uh, I don't expect anything from Patrick Brown. I I, uh, I haven't read his book. I don't read fiction. And uh uh, I can tell you that I have retained a legal counsel. Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, the book is uh, getting an awful lot of attention, maybe not the kind of attention that he had hoped for, but certainly a lot of people asking, you know, how will this help him govern as the mayor of Brampton? Will that become a problem between, you know, if he's going after people like you, Lisa McLeod, uh, the premier, does that uh, does that somehow affect relations between uh, the province and Brampton? Well, going after Lisa McLeod, MPP, uh, and a great colleague of mine, and accusing her of faking her mental illness. Mm. I don't know how Patrick Brown is going to face his uh, uh, his own constituents who have uh, mental uh, health issues. Uh, and so that's an issue that he will have to deal with. I couldn't believe that when I heard about that. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting line in the book, but nonetheless, the blowback has, I think, spoken for how it is being received. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I yeah. know you had a long day, so uh, thank you so much. 
Thanks, Alex. Uh, always a pleasure to chat with you. Cheers. Thank you. That is the Finance Minister, Vic Fidelli. You got the answer. Look, I, that thing's not going anywhere because there's a, there's a woman who's made a, a comment, but it's never been investigated. She doesn't want it investigated. So why it's been brought up now is ridiculous, especially given the guy who's saying it because he himself was taken out by what he says are false allegations. It's just a bad look. Bad look on Point on Global News Radio.